And there he goes. Coast to coast. Can he make it? Yes, he can. Welcome into Green Dot Daily Action Network's daily sports betting show. I am your host, Brendan Glasheen. GDD is every weekday at noon Eastern time. You can find us in the Action Network app. That's nifty. It's pretty cool. You can watch the show, log picks that you like from our analysts, or you could even just put your own picks in there and watch the show at the same time. So that's a neat little feature. We are also available on the Action Network HQ Twitter page and Action Network YouTube Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, here is what we have coming up on the show today. NBA is back. No games yesterday. 13 games tonight. Matt Moore is going to join us to give us his three favorite bets for tonight's slate. He also has a really compelling video breakdown about a certain player who could be in the running to win the MVP. And I think it's worth your time. So that's coming up. Latest college football playoff rankings released. Second week of that, we'll have Brett McMurphy and Colin Wilson chiming in on where this might play out in the next couple weeks. And there's a team that there's value in right now, and you don't want to miss that. But first, but first, cue the tape, cue the music, bring it in. Here we go. Off to the island we go. To Seattle Island, we take ourselves to Seattle and then to Germany, but we'll worry about that in a second. But Brandon Anderson, I got to ask you, and and this image is just, wow, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, You look great, by the way. I think that the the hair is, uh, if you keep it, don't keep it. It can come on and off, as we found out with with this beautiful graphic. But is this it? They go to Germany to play Tampa, neutral site, short dog, then they've got the bye. I feel like now this island has really grown the last couple of weeks. More and more people are interested in the Seattle Seahawks. More and more folks think they're for real. Las Vegas, meaning like bookmakers, still really can't figure them out. This has to be it, right? If you want to get on the bandwagon, it's now because then it's the bye and then they're playing Vegas and they'll likely be a favorite. Yeah, I mean, I, I already thought it was it last week. I thought the island was going to be, you know, full, no more vacancies for weeks now. I did not expect to get one more chance here. On Sunday night, this line was close down to a pick and then the money apparently pushed it right back up to make the Bucks a clear favorite. I don't know which Bucks team they're watching. I don't know which Seahawks team they're watching. Seattle is good, Brendan. Like, Seattle Seahawks are good. Over the last five weeks, they're fourth in DVOA, they're fourth on defense during that stretch. I think the defense might have caught up and passed the offense now. The offense is fourth for the whole season. It's just a good football team. The Bucs are not good. We've all watched the Bucs way too much this year. They keep putting them on TV. We got them Sunday morning here. It's our last Sunday morning game of the year. So why not make a little money? The Bucs are below average the last five weeks overall. They're below average on offense. They're below average on defense. The offense has been especially bad away from home, 27th in DVOA. They lost Shaq Barrett, their star pass rusher. The safeties are injured. I just don't see a lot to like about this Tampa team. They have four wins so far. They beat the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Rams. They scored one touchdown in each one of those games. They beat the Falcons. They needed a phantom penalty to hold off on that one. Tampa's 0-4 when they allowed 20 points. 20 is not a lot. Seattle scores 20 points these days. Seattle, by the way, 
has four straight double-digit wins now. And they also led Atlanta with 30 seconds left, lost that game. They led the Saints with five minutes left, lost that game. Otherwise, Seattle Island would be 8-1 and right now. Maybe then, finally, they'd get some respect. Maybe it will happen if they beat the vaunted Tampa Bay Buccaneers that haven't been good for months now. But look, you know who doesn't mind that Seattle's not getting any respect? I think it's Pete Carroll. I think Pete Carroll and his guys love this underdog role. So I think they're having fun. I see a college team out there. They got that great draft class. They have each other's backs. You see one guy make a mistake, drop a ball, make a penalty or interception, and then they go right back to him. And so I think this is going to be like a college road trip to Munich for Seattle Island. Tampa's guys, they hate each other. Who wants to travel with Tom Brady to Munich right now? Like, I don't think that dude even wants to be playing football. So I love Seattle here. We, You know the numbers. Pete Carroll, underdog. Geno Smith, underdog. Over 60% ATS for both of those. Look, we're in a neutral field. Seattle's offense is better. Their defense is better. They block better. They run better. They pass better. They're healthier. They're coached better. And you know what else? They got a better quarterback right now. Seattle Island, Munich, let's go. Okay, love it. And as you can see, uh, on the show graphic below, 61% of the bets coming in on Seattle. However, the money is coming in on Tampa, and that line is at Seattle plus three at the current moment over at BetMGM. Brandon Anderson, you have a second pick for us on this Wednesday prior to the weekend. I do. We're going to go with the Steelers, and this is a classic rah-rah Mike Tomlin underdog spot, and I think it's also a great situational spot here. So Steelers plus three, plus two and a half at home against the Saints. So here's the spot. Pittsburgh did not play this week, and boy, did they need the week off. Kenny Pickett kind of just got thrown to the wolves mid-game, mid-year. Now you get a week to practice, kind of catch your bearings with the team. Chase Claypool is out, so now you kind of know, okay, who are the receivers? Who's our team going forward? More importantly, though, is that defense. T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, T.J. Watt, finally looks like he's back here, and that is a totally different team when Watt plays, and the secondary is healthy. They've been missing anywhere from one to three secondary starters every pick and start so far. So they've been getting lit up, but they had three of his four starts so far been on the road against Buffalo and Philly and Miami. Those are really good offenses, and the defense has been missing a lot of their key guys. So Pickett won the only home game during that stretch, and now this defense, I think, gets a lot better. You add in T.J. Watt, you add in the secondary guys. I think there's a case Pittsburgh's defense might be top five in my you know defensive matrix positions. That's where they're at now. So you get a top five defense at home, and now you bring in Andy Dalton on the road, yeah. and we're making them favorites? I don't know about that. The Saints are three and six, man. They have two of those wins are in the final minutes of the game. So I don't know what we're seeing about New Orleans to make them a short week favorite. Remember, they played on Monday night. If you can call it playing, I'm not sure I really saw them do a whole lot on Monday night. So they come in here. Pittsburgh's off the bye. Mike Tomlin, 11 and four straight up out of the bye. And then I mentioned the rah-rah thing. You know the numbers. Tomlin as an underdog, week five forward, 39 and 16 ATS. 71%, but when it's at home, nearly untouchable. 14-2-1 against the spread, 13-4 and four straight up, 98% ROI if you play the money line. He's covered nine straight as a home dog. He's won seven straight as a home underdog. 
And is Andy Dalton and Dennis Allen the guys who are going to cause you to step in front of that train? Not me. I like Pittsburgh. I think they are the rested team, the healthier team at home. I like them to cover. I like them to win against a Saints team off a short week here. Okay. And, you know, for Andy Dalton, this is just the fifth time he is a favorite since 2018, being the starting quarterback. Um, A road favorite, that is. Against Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Brandon Allen, Kyle <laughs> Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he's one and four against the number in those games. So I don't. I would like to know if if, if Daniel Jones was a rookie at the time, but uh, young and bad quarterbacks, or just lackluster quarterbacking from that from that group. So. Yeah, well, you know, Daniel Jones, really, anytime before this year, I think that one's you're going to feel pretty good about tipping against Daniel there. So yeah, we'll see. I think Kenny Pickett probably belongs in that group for now. He's a rookie. This is only his fifth start. Mm-hmm. But Pickett played well in his home game against Tampa. He came in in his first game against the Jets, came in at home at halftime, nearly won, led a nice comeback until they gave it away late. Even mm-hmm. that looks pretty good in hindsight, the way the Jets are playing now. So I think this is a spot where... Pittsburgh turns things around. We had the whole stat before this season. Will Pittsburgh finally finish under 500? Well, they're two and six right now, so it looks like it. I think the Steelers team has enough defense if they're healthy now and and with Pickett. I think they might make a push still at that and make it close before we get to the end of the season. And you can't ignore how banged up New Orleans is defensively. It's really something. I mean, I know they've got some high-priced guys on that defense, some big names, big name recognition kind of thing, but they're banged up. So, Brandon Anderson, thanks for your time, and uh, good luck with that hair, keeping that up throughout the course of the the season, and go Hawks. Seattle Island. I'm Matt Moore from the Action Network, and this is Spread the Floor. If Luka Doncic doesn't win MVP this season, it is not going to be from lack of trying. Not from Doncic and not from the Mavs. Doncic's numbers this season through the first 10% of the year are absurd. He's on pace for the third most points per game in a single season. He's on pace for the most points plus rebounds plus assists per game since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1972. Doncic has scored or assisted on 324 out of the 777 points the Mavericks have scored while he was on the floor this season. That's 42% of all of the offense able to be accounted for by Doncic himself. He's shooting a preposterous 65% on two-point attempts this season, including 68% on layups and 9-15 in the post. This combination of usage and efficiency is just simply not something we've ever seen. On the usage side of it, there's a pretty good track record of this being tied to the MVP. Doncic has the third highest usage rate since the stat began being able to be tracked behind only Russell Westbrook in 2017 and Harden in 2019. Westbrook went on to win the MVP. Harden was runner-up in 2019. Seven of the top 10 players in usage who scored 25 points per game finished top five for MVP, and three of them won outright. Doncic is in elite company in that regard. Doncic is shooting a 71% on drives in the early season while leading the league in assists off drives. He's top three in total drives per game. This is how Doncic is getting it done. He's attacking relentlessly. In the preseason, we wondered what the impact of Doncic being in shape from Eurobasket to start of the season might be. The impact is that he's a tank. You'll see him just absolutely drive through rookie David Roddy here. If you have the size like Torrey Craig does, then he goes to his footwork to get you completely lost. Scotty Barnes is a long, bigger defender with better athleticism, seemingly an ideal match for Doncic. 
But Doncic's other real talent is his patience. Here, he basically lulls Barnes to sleep, sliding past him. And here he puts Barnes in jail, putting him on his hip, trapped behind him by his backside. And so when Barnes can't get to him, Doncic then accelerates and finishes at the rim. Doncic's MVP odds have actually moved longer this week to plus 300 on average, given the Bucks' early season surge correlated to Giannis Antetokounmpo's price dropping. But Doncic is averaging 52.8 points, rebounds, and assists per game this season. He has the highest workload of any player in the league offensively, and the Mavericks are 6-3. It's not that often that the preseason favorite makes a case this strong this early, and we've got a long way to go. But one thing's for certain, Luka Doncic is bound and determined to force his way into the MVP conversation, no matter what he's got to do. Superb breakdown from Matt Moore on Luka Doncic and what he's been up to this season. MVP caliber for the Dallas Mavericks. They take on the Orlando Magic tonight. We'll have more about this game and how you can watch tonight's game. But Matt, knowing what you know about Luka, dissecting the film, taking on this Orlando team, how do you want to approach this game tonight? I'm thinking over 214.5 on Mavs Magic. So overs... Uh, for Mavs games this season, six and three to the over. Uh, that's an indication. I have this projected way, way above this number of 214 and a half. If you've got this, there's been movement on this already, moving it up. If you honestly, any number you're going to find this at, I'm comfortable with the over. Uh, the Magic defense has been poor. They're poor in the half court, especially, which is where the Mavs do damage. Now, the Mavs are the slowest team in the league. They play at an extremely slow pace because Luca's dribbling the air out of the ball because he has it all the time. But they're also extremely efficient and shoot a lot of three-pointers. Even with Christian Wood questionable, even with Tim Hardaway Jr. likely out for this game, the Mavericks have enough shooters in order for this to be a three-point contest. And the Mavericks defense, honestly, is a little bit overrated. There's a little bit of variance there that's kind of leaning their way. Likely that the Magic will find some success. Their offense has kind of been getting it in gear. It's their defense that's backslid. So for me, the best angle here, unquestionably, alongside Luka props, because, boy, it's going to be a Luka night again. It's going to be over 214.5 for Mavs Magic. Any concern about Bancaro and being questionable just to get the other side of the matchup to deliver? They got they got to score a little bit too, right? To keep this uh, to get an over. Yeah, Bancaro is questionable. Uh, definitely yeah. keep an eye on that. Maybe you okay. want to wait to see because that is a big part of their offense, obviously. But I'll be honest with you, I like offenses when a star player is out because the other guys see an opportunity for them to get theirs. That's an opportunity for them to look and score. And so I think there'll be a lot more pick and roll action when Carter Jr., Franz Wagner can still step in and put up some points. And really a lot of this comes down to, this leans very heavily on the Mavs side of the equation, where if you put the floor for the Magic over 100, I think the Mavs are going to be able to sail over this number on their own. So I still feel comfortable about it, even if Bancaro doesn't play. If Bancaro plays, I feel even better about it. Okay, just wanted to you know get that out there too. Left ankle sprain for Bancaro, questionable for tonight's game. So this is a 5.30 tip tonight, Eastern uh, Standard Time, because of the hurricane. But special news on this one, Matt Moore will be part of our NBA BetStream broadcast that will be airing on NBA League Pass. Matt, what can people know about this particular show and how you go about broadcasting this game tonight? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun, and it takes the game from a betting perspective. We're doing live betting 
all throughout the game. So finding those angles. We'll talk futures. We'll talk Luka MVP again. We'll talk about Bancaro for Rookie of the Year, even if he doesn't play. Uh, we'll talk about all these types of things, and we'll get a sense for what this game is like from a betting perspective. Just go to League Pass. Check out the streams option. You'll find the NBA bet stream on there. And if you want, join the show. Just use the hashtag NBA bet streams on Twitter, and we'll talk about your questions live on air. Excellent. Very good. So that's how you can find Matt tonight. Well, more like afternoon, 530, I guess, is evening. 530 start for Mavs Magic. Two more picks to get to, but before we do so, breaking news from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Sorry, Matt, we've got to talk about the Nets, and I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to have to answer it. Yeah, yep, there you go. Get, get yourself ready. The Brooklyn Nets are making Jacques Vaughn their head coach. So the Ime Udoka reporting from last week. No longer coming to fruition. It is Vaughn's job for uh, the rest of this season and going forward in the foreseeable future. Your thoughts. Jock Vaughn's well-respected. We'll talk about him for a second. Are you kidding me? So you go through this entire disaster. You're going to... KD wants out. Oh, we're going to trade KD. Oh, we can't get anything back for him. Oh, Kyrie wants out. Nope, he's going to stay here. Oh, we're going to... Kyrie is saying all this stuff on Twitter. We're going to do something eventually, maybe later. Okay, if he passes these things. Meanwhile, we're looking to hire the coach. Before we fired Nash, we were clearly looking to hire the coach that was suspended for violation of policy... Oh, no, wait, we actually called more than one person. Maybe this is not what we should do. Mark Stein, Hall of Famer, reported earlier this week that they were receiving a lot of pressure not to hire Ime Odoka. You think? And now Jacques Vaughn takes over. Look, Vaughn's 2-0, coach of the Nets. He's been pretty good. Vaughn's well-respected. If you're looking at this from a betting perspective, Vaughn is 50% as a dog from his time in Orlando. He is 8-25-1. 8-25-1 is a favorite. Luckily, the market never overestimates the Brooklyn Nets in the market, so this should be fine. This will still be a fade spot. Vaughn is, is, a, is a good coach. He is well-regarded. They seem to want to play for him. There's a possibility of a bump here. Let's see how it plays out. But ultimately, yes, I am, even though they did the right thing, I am still finding a way to call the Nets a clown show because they're a clown show. Okay, very good. Nets are three and a half point favorites tonight at Barclays Center against New York tonight, the New York Knicks. So Matt will not be discussing that game, though, for his second and third best bets. That's what I would imagine. Which uh, no. bet? So I will go ahead and go to uh, anywhere else on the slate. Although, look, I'll just go ahead and throw this one in there. Like the Knicks, the Knicks are a dog to the Nets. Why are the Knicks dogs here? Just going to throw that out there uh i'll go to for my pick i'll go to jazz plus three and a half versus the atlanta hawks uh jazz have been one of the most profitable teams in the league this season ats obviously they're the surprise story so there's always this question i think in betting of when do you want to start fading the market adjustment to these things or when do you want to start betting on regression where i've come to is i, I don't want to do that as a rule So it doesn't mean that you automatically play these trends as they continue when a team is hot, but it means that you don't try and get ahead of it and go the other direction. And so if the things line up here for the Jazz, which they do for me, I'm more than happy to keep betting on them. Uh, I make this Hawks minus two based off of preseason adjusted power ratings with home court. So we've got a, a solid, this is up to four and a half in the market. You've got two and a half points of value in some spots. I like the Jazz money line as well, because when they've, when they've covered, they've won outright. Current season numbers, if you just take who these teams have been this season, the Jazz should be favorites here. So 
that's where I come to on this game. Uh, I think Laurie Markkinen has another big performance. We'll see where, where Trey Young's availability is. This Jazz team is better defensively than the Hawks are, and they're just as good offensively. They've put up 130 on most teams in the league, even good defenses like the Los Angeles Lakers. This Hawks team is a bad defense. So it should be a shootout to some degree because of how good Atlanta's offense is. But I'm more than happy to take the points here with the Jazz. If we're going to keep getting the Jazz disrespected like this, given how they're playing, I do think there's still value in taking them night by night. Okay, very good. Now, your final pick for tonight, you're actually going to ride a team that has not looked all that pretty here this early part of the season, and that would be the L.A. Lakers against the Clippers. Hold your nose. Clippers money line plus 170. Neither of these teams can score. Lakers so, money line. Lakers money line. Sorry. Okay. Lakers money line plus 170. There's 140s in the market. Still like that. If you're getting a plus number, I like it. I still think that there's value on this at a plus number. Not that the Lakers should be favored, just that I think the variance leans where this is a good play. Small unit play. I'm not saying to, to, to go full unit on this. Uh, it's the Lakers. I get that. Here's the problem. So the Clippers come off of this big win versus the Cavaliers where they score 16 straight to get the win versus a Cavaliers team that had spent several days in Los Angeles having a good time. We're riding high at the end of a, of a West Coast road trip. So they get the win there. Now, all of a sudden, there's kind of this idea of like, well, maybe the Clippers are back and the Clippers are over 500. They have a bottom five half court offense. And Brandon Anderson was all over the this play over the weekend on the Jazz against them because of how the Clippers profile has been in terms of a low, allowing threes, shooting threes and making threes. Well, that none of those things help the Lakers. I'm not arguing that, but I am arguing that this if we're basically saying this is a rock fight, which is what this projects to be. If you do not adjust, if you take the Clippers as they've been in this season and where they're at right now, this is not a good offensive team. So we have two bad offensive teams with no home court advantage for the home team and the Clippers, because obviously there's gonna be more Lakers fans there. LeBron should be back and rested. All of that to me means there's value on getting the Lakers at a plus number. I think in this particular spot, at this particular point in the season, there's value on the Lakers as dogs only on the money line. Don't want the spread. Only want the money line for the ROI. That's my play. Lakers plus 170. God help me. Lakers are plus three and a half now on BetMGM. And the plus number is plus 125 on the Lakers for tonight. Matt Moore. Take a deep breath, like I told you last week, and um, enjoy. Enjoy enjoy Knicks Nets before you have to watch Lakers tonight. I'll be on the bet stream for that one. That's what I'll enjoy. I'll enjoy Luca Bancaro, hopefully. Thanks, Brendan. Okay, have a good show. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and service academy unders. These are the values that American democracy were founded upon. The British didn't lose the Revolutionary War because of some high-powered American offense, they lost because the U.S. Army grounded them to a halt. They grounded them to a halt at Yorktown. Colin, do you love America? I mean, what are you thinking? Taking a f***ing service academy over. These are easy unders. Easy unders. These are the values that our founding fathers instilled into America. What are you thinking, Colin? Okay, here are the latest college football playoff rankings. Your top four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, 
and TCU. So the second straight week of football playoff rankings. And that brings us Brett McMurphy to discuss and dissect what should be a really interesting and compelling last couple of weeks of the college football season. Brett, when you look at this top four and some of the teams that are on the cusp of getting into the top four, which conference, which teams have really some work to be done or could be in jeopardy if they don't handle their business? Well, I think for the Big 12, their only shot is TCU. TCU has to run the table 13-0. and If they lose a game, they shuffle down. There's no way to get back up there. Uh, the Pac-12 is in good position. They've got three one-loss teams, Oregon, USC, UCLA. If somebody can run the gauntlet, 12-1 and Pac-12 champ, I thought I think they have a realistic chance to be in that top four. The ACC, they're done, kaput. There's too many bodies for Clemson and or North Carolina to climb over to get into that top four. So the ACC, they're out. The consolation prize, the ACC champ, will go to the Orange Bowl this year. So with all that being said, you left out a conference, and that would be the Big Ten. And that, that is super compelling because right now, as we, we stated before, two and three, Ohio State and Michigan, respectively, it makes you wonder. These teams meet at the end of the month. Does that set up as an elimination game, potentially, for one of these teams? Yeah, it's basically people want an expanded playoff. Here's your expanded playoff. This will be a quarterfinal game to the college football playoff. Uh, you know, the Big 10 champ, obviously, will be in the playoff. Uh, there would be a slight chance that Ohio State could lose to Michigan and somehow stay in contention. And that's because of their non-conference schedule. They beat Notre Dame. That's now considered a quality win. Notre Dame is back in the top 25. If Notre Dame finishes strong, that obviously helps them out. Ohio State also has a win at Penn State. That's a top 15 team. But if Michigan loses, they are done. Their non-conference schedule, yuck. Smells worse than bad fish. Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn, three teams that are, that are going to finish at 500 or below 500. So Michigan's got one shot to get into the college football playoff, and that is to win the Big Ten title. I don't see any way, though, that the Big Ten champion, as long as it's Ohio State or Michigan, is not firmly entrenched in the college football playoff. I love it. I love hearing that building a really reputable non-conference schedule is mattering at this time of year. It is music to my ear hair. <laughs> for those that need a visual. Okay, now in the SEC, Georgia, of course, number one. Tennessee is that one team at the moment that is out of the top four, sitting at five. What would it take for Tennessee to get back into the discussion to make the playoff? Yeah, I think Tennessee's in a good spot, and it's what we talked about last week, where I said if Georgia would have lost, they would have had a hard time getting back into the top four. But if Tennessee lost, they would be in good position, and they're they're in great position. They're at number five. You mentioned Ohio State and Michigan. They're going to play each other. I think Tennessee's going to be fine if they went out. The one roadblock or pothole, if you will, using bad analogies, for Tennessee is if LSU wins the SEC championship, because at that point you would have an LSU team with two – yes, I know they would have two losses – they also would have wins against Alabama and against number one, Georgia. In that scenario, I think the committee takes LSU as the SEC champions. They get in. I think Georgia gets in at 12 and one as the SEC runner up. 
And in that scenario, I don't think Tennessee would get in at 11 and one. I know Tennessee won the head to head against LSU. I think the committee would look at the overall schedule and say LSU's wins over Alabama and Georgia rank them above Tennessee and then head to head Georgia and Tennessee, Tennessee would be out. I think that's the only way Tennessee does not get in as long as TCU does not run the table and finish 13-0. and And TCU certainly may have its hands full being an underdog this week to Texas. Baylor next. Let's see if TCU can keep the magic rolling as the season winds down. Those are Brett McMurphy's thoughts. How about Colin Wilson? He has to chime in because he thinks there's value now on Tennessee. Hey, everybody. It's Colin Wilson with the Action Network. And this is a college football playoff rankings reaction. Of course, Georgia moved up to the number one spot. Ohio State comes to the two, Michigan the three, and TCU got into the final four. It looks like they're going to make the college football playoff. Of course, they have to win out, win the Big 12. There's a lot of work for TCU to make it to the college football playoff. But you know who doesn't have to do a lot of work? That would be Tennessee. Tennessee came in at number five and just looks like they have the path to finish in the top four. Considering Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other, one of those teams is going to get bounced. TCU is already a touchdown underdog against Texas this weekend. They have to play Baylor in a coin flip situation. They have to win the Big 12 championship. It's a lot of potholes for TCU to cross. But when you look at Tennessee, look at what's left on this schedule. Three touchdown score against Missouri. Favorite this weekend. You're going to get sweat-free games against South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And the real number on Tennessee should be about plus 950. And that comes from a projected parlay of what you would have to build on the money line against Ohio State and Georgia in the college football playoff. So true value on this Tennessee team falls under 10 to 1 and not at the current number of 14 to 1 or 16 to 1. If you get any of those numbers, Tennessee looks like a team that's going to get into the playoff. That's value. Whether we hedge, we let it ride. It doesn't matter because that is value that's on the board right now. There's just nothing that says that Tennessee is not going to make this playoff, especially with this remaining schedule that they have in front of them. Look for everybody else to take some losses, kind of fall out of those rankings, and for the playoff committee to move them up, go and get Tennessee now. It's a good number down to plus 950. Good luck. Volunteers Futures plus 1400 Tennessee to win the national title still available over at BetMGM. Good stuff from Colin Wilson. As a reminder, you can find all of our picks from the show by finding Green.Daily. We have an account dedicated to the show in the Action Network app. Very simple, Green.Daily. Picks from Brandon Anderson, Matt Moore, and Colin Wilson from today's show. Green.Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. That is going to do it for today's show. Thanks to all of our guests, those three guys, Brandon Anderson, Matt Moore, also Colin Wilson, Brett McMurphy for joining us and breaking all things down today. And hopefully, again, Matt Moore, join him on the NBA Bet Stream later at 5.30, Magic and Mavs. And hopefully by the time the Nets come around, he will... Uh, he will be very calm, cool, and collected to watch the Nets with their new official head coach. But I meant to mention that the Brooklyn Nets did put that out there. Jock Vaughn announced as the team's head coach. Thanks to everyone behind the scenes here at Green Dot Daily of Action Network. 
Brendan Glasheen signing off. We'll see you here again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Go get some green dots today. Have a good one.